You're listening to Triple Radio on the Fat Gatsby Network. Recording. Hey, we're recording. It's a podcast. We're recording. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fat Gatsby's Triple Radio for February 2023. <laughs> That's what it's called. You sounded unsure at first. Yeah. yeah, every time I'm just still thinking. We just I don't know. It's been <laughs> every time. This is this is Tim. That's we. That's Dave. Um, February. It, it, yeah, it took us. <laughs> it took us a while to get this podcast going. Oh lord! Uh, if you consider that we started trying to get it going on Thursday, which it's now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Monday. Now Monday. Um, yeah, we had to delay because I had an ice storm that knocked out my internet for a day it was back the next morning but it was gone good like when you woke up it was yeah internet was back um all right and then tonight we were delayed by a half hour because dave was stuck in a blizzard oh lord and then yeah then audio didn't seem to be working through obs so we couldn't start the stream but eventually but now we we are. are Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I, again, I feel like every time we're recording, it's like there's weather happening in Buffalo. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Two more months, ish. Yeah, we're uh, we're safe once we get to Easter. That's my uh, ah. that's my measure. Yeah. Or, or the, I mean, or, usually, technically, it's it's the finals right. of March Madness. Uh, that is when I will feel safe because. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm and I'm I'm sure you're right, but boy, it's been like such a mild winter for most of it, punctuated by some really really severe storms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's just it's it's just, boy, it's really feast or famine. So if you like snow, you never yeah. know what you're gonna get. Yeah, the annoying thing is that like uh, a lot of these storms have hit either on Fridays. <laughs> oh, yeah. they've been hitting on days when uh school is not in session mm, um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah we, we've had three huge storms pretty much mm-hmm. well one one giga huge one that was also big and then this ice storm which messed some stuff up but all three of them would have knocked out school for the ice storm probably would have been just a day the other one's probably like a good week yeah just a um, complete waste of stormy destruction for yeah, for those I, of us involved in in school lives, yeah, and in, in in who can benefit from snow days? Yeah. Yet somehow we've had like three or four of them, anyways, because there's just been so much freaking snow. Yeah, Southern <laughs> California. I highly suggest you try snow days because I'm led to understand you're dealing with some snow right now. Even you, Las Vegas. Um, go <laughs> ahead, just close stuff. It's fine. You can do without yeah. doing stuff for a day or two. We oh, have, if, if yeah. we have snow, and I mean anything that looks anywhere near, like the city shuts down. <laughs> yeah, you guys have infrastructure. We did, yes. <laughs> you have things to get rid of snow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we do. Mm-hmm. We, and they mostly plow many of the streets. <laughs> over Unless over you live on a side street in the city of Buffalo, in which case Byron Brown does not give a shit about no, you. Unless you. Yeah, unless you live in the city of Buffalo, really, really is what it comes down to. <laughs> Still Byron Brown. Oh, yeah. The longest serving mayor of Buffalo. He he won a write-in campaign, Weez. He won a write-in campaign. He was not on the ballot. He launched a write-in campaign and won. 
I can't believe you didn't hear about that. Yeah, a a socialist, uh, yeah. democratic socialist, oh, won the primary. Yes. Yeah. That's where I stopped paying attention. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, and rightly so. Would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, but the, no, he he put his foot down, and then did, they did a writing campaign. They made stamps, and he got enough write-in votes that he mm-hmm. retained the mayorship. He didn't even uh, bother campaigning for the primary because he thought it was a shoo-in, and then he lost, and he's like, "What?" Mm-hmm. This will not yeah. stand. Yeah. As, yeah. As, <laughs> it was just, you know, s- suddenly all of like the local political ghouls were lining up behind him. Like, no, 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 we can't have this other woman in there. We know this guy. Yeah. And it just kind of yeah. said a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it said quite a bit about where people stand and who they uh, prefer to be in office. Fucking guy. Well, yeah. Now I believe that woman's running for uh, the uh, city council, mm-hmm. which is an upheaval. Yeah, good for her. Lots. Best of yeah. luck to India Walton. Yeah, well, they they gerrymandered the uh, the city council districts, and and that got some people in an uproar, and that's in court. And I don't know, local Buffalo politics. <laughs> Enjoy. Is, gerrymandering is always impossible to follow, and that's the point, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't unseat the gerrymandering. Oh, yeah. gerrymandering. I thought okay, that was garbled. That, I was going to ask you to repeat that, Weiss, because it came out garbled in the uh, recording. I thought you said Gary oh. Shandling is impossible to follow. <laughs> you, I mean, equally yeah. valid. Yeah. Sanders, oh. Gary Shandling. I mixed them up. <laughs> so otherwise, how's it going, well, gents? It's, it's, oh, it's what's new? What's what's happening? It's going pretty well, you know. Yeah. Tim, you've been reviewing a lot of games there for the SML podcast. Not too many podcast. Not too many. Not, no, no, not too many. No, yeah. I, I'm cutting. I'm cutting back this year because I yeah. felt I don't know it was taking up too much time. And as it is now, it's like the games I'm reviewing. Like half of them have been games I was playing anyway. Oh, it's like, well, that's fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I was almost done playing uh, Hi-Fi Rush, and then it was like a review came in, and I'm like, well, I you know, I can <laughs> finish knocking that out. <laughs> Uh, so do you want to talk about that hi-fi yeah. rush? Because yeah, reviews seem nearly unanimously wonderful, except for a couple of cranks who were like, this isn't that good. Oh, yeah. The people that came after and they're just like, oh, give me poop. And I mean, it's OK. The diversity of opinions is fine. Yeah, sure. That's um, <laughs> and yeah, so hi-fi rush is a uh, <laughs> rhythm based character action game that dropped on the the old xbox last end of last month yeah. uh and is just like really really cool um it uh it invokes a lot of you know <laughs> dreamcast era spirit yeah. in That's it yeah. no jet set whatsoever in that yeah no <laughs> jet set whatsoever yeah but it it, it is that cell shaded style taken to the next level where it's just like man this is just a freaking cartoon that you're playing and it just looks incredible and what did yeah. switch? <laughs> well, unfortunately mm. uh you know it's owned by microsoft so ah, probably so not <laughs> who made that because that it was it was the it was the company that made uh the evil within games okay oh right right yeah right yeah so yeah i believe this was the guy who directed evil within two and they were like, uh, here, here's some money and some people go make a game, do whatever you want to do, go nuts. Ooh. And this is what he made. Uh, Lucky. yeah. Nice. So 
yeah, it's you know it's it's under Bethesda, which is now under Microsoft, as so many game studios will be uh, <laughs> more and more of them in the near future. Uh, so monopolies suck. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> the the only upside of, of them buying Activision is to try to like, uh, you know, avoid some of the heat. Is they're like, oh yeah, we'll recognize these unions. These like uh, unions that are that are coming up under Activision, we'll recognize them. So we're not bad guys. So yeah. let us go through with our merger because we'll recognize their unions and Activision won't. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only upside is is that. But yeah. Hi-Fi Rush is a cool ass game. Uh, yeah, you're this guy who goes in for an arm implant and then accidentally gets his like iPad implanted in his chest, which somehow makes him and everything in the world around him like his iPod. Move, move, <laughs> iPod. Uh, so you know, two A's. So, so the whole world it's not just that like it's like the whole world is bouncing to the rhythm of the music. I mean, uh, which is, yeah, just like everything. Um and and part of that like they I was reading just like whoever I think it might have been Shinji Mikami was in there and just being like, you know, you need to do as much as you can in this game to indicate the rhythm without like putting in a UI for it. Mm-hmm, so yeah. like everything is is so, you know, there's so much you can look at for reference when you're playing this game Uh is like, you know, your little cat buddy pulses next to you. The world is pulsing. Or you can just hit a button and pull up a thing that shows the beat to, to play okay. along with. Um, but, it, you know, I, I can't understate how just how incredible it looks, especially when you're in, like, outdoor areas and you can see out, like, a good distance and everything is just, like, bopping around. There's so mm-hmm. much detail. Just looks so cool. But, yeah, and then you get into combat and you're pumping out, like, Devil May Cry combos to the rhythm of the beat. Uh, and the nice thing is that you don't have to be perfect because the combo is just going to come out. It does more damage if you are more on the beat. Oh. So, yeah, oh. it, it, it makes it playable even if you're not mm-hmm. always like on point with that. Uh, it's, just, it's just a really cool looking, really good feeling game, you know. Uh, Sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. It is a hell of a lot of fun. Also, boy, you mentioned the the iPod planted in the chest. And I just can't stop thinking about Neville Dean Taylor, the crank directors. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. My it's, God. it's crank <laughs> with an iPod. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, it's got an endearing cast of characters. Uh, you get a bunch of cool moves. Uh, there's a bunch of secret stuff to get into. If you want to keep playing the game, there's some really good, like, it doesn't have, I would say, a ton of licensed music, but like the moments where it uses something recognizable are like big moments of the game. Um, yeah, they they bring in some nine inch nails for a couple boss fights. Uh, yeah, there the there is a stage that uses invaders must die, which is incredibly good. It's just so much fun. Uh, it was it was awesome. That's an awesome game. And yeah, every, everyone's talked about it a lot. And it's a bummer that it's not on more consoles. Uh, but, you know, it's on it's on PC as well. <laughs> you got a oh, PC okay. run it. Yeah, I hmm. yeah, that's at least. Wonder if <laughs> that means eventually I can get a Steam Deck. Down yeah. The line. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else did I? Well, uh, there was another without... Ah, it just, just looked like you had a lot of games on your docket on Twitter, which is why I I'll thought just, you were busy reviewing stuff. 
No, I'm trying not to do more than one at a time. No, okay. I well, I had a lot on my docket recently because I was off all last week, so I was able to sit down and play ah. some fun video games for a change. Um, ah. Were you yeah. off the week for the storm at that no, point? No, no, no. I was, last week was vacation with spring, spring like President's Week, midwinter break. Oh, yeah. the, right, schools. Yes. School right. Break. I don't even think about that. Yes, yeah, school break. It was a school break, so I take the time off because my child is off. Um, yes. Uh, not just because I have to care for him, but because I like to. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do want to mention a little Kickstarter game called Helvetti, which got on my radar because Dale North did the music. Uh, right. It is a roguelike game where uh, like the combat and the look of it remind me of like uh, Muramasa. Yeah, it looks very vanilla wear to it's me. Very vanilla wear. Yeah. Nice, crisp sprites. Good animation. Um, mm -hmm. And it's all about like snappy 2D combat uh, and Dale's music. Uh, I have called his best score to date that I've heard. Oh. Um, and it's it's based on a unique myth. What what country's mythology is it based on? I don't I forget. Like old France, Gaul, like oh, yeah. Roman Empire, like BC, you know, mm -hmm. that that era. Yeah. Yeah. Way back then. Yeah. It's 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 made by people in. Europe, I believe. I believe. Uh, I mean, the trailers he's been putting up have been great. Yeah. So, so it's just I've like, seen. so people should check that out. It's only like 15 bucks. It's out on Steam and Switch and PlayStation, I think, at this oh, point. That's great. Uh, so, yeah. I didn't realize it was out on Switch. I'm, I'll go wishlist that. Yeah. It was funny because, like, I, I saw the release date was coming up and I had requested a Switch code when he had sent out the surface back in 2020. Um, <laughs> the Kickstarter was back in 2019. I'm not fussed about it. Like whatever, when it gets done, it gets done. I'm not like crazy, but I was just like, Hey, could you like switch that switch code to a steam code? Just cause it's, you know, played on my steam deck. Now it's mm -hmm. much more convenient. Um, and generally a lot of times runs better. Uh, and he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's out on a couple things, but I, I just want to get that on people's radar, but yeah, uh, Dave, you've played some Metroid Prime Remastered. I sure have. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> and uh, all right. So I, for the longest time, a Metroid Prime. The the way that the years long rumors of the Metroid Prime remasters have described them, uh, I just assumed that they were going to be just you know up. I think I assumed what everyone else assumed was that they were just going to be the exact same game, just up resed. Um, and they are not. Wow. I mean, it's it, it. admittedly, it's been a long time since I've attempted to play Metroid Prime. I think I tried to boot it up on Dolphin. And I, um, I feel like at that time I was like, oh, yeah, this old control scheme is going to take some reworking. It sure would be better if, you know, to rework this for uh, uh, dualist modern dual stick controls. So uh, after like I waited a good 24 hours after the surprise drop for everyone to say like, wow, this remaster is so good. It like, it makes the case for rebuying it instead of just emulating it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the still preserves the 60 FPS and, and just the graphical overhaul is extremely faithful, but very, very good looking. And the myriad of control options means it's easy to play the way that you want. I thought for sure I'd be going modern twin stick controls all the way, but I 
like the original controls better. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to explain why in a way that doesn't make me just sound like a an old crank being like old. But I, what I think it is, is that I remember what I liked about Metroid Prime originally is that <laughs> the lock-on combat felt like Zelda. It, it, mm-hmm. it, to me, it, it felt just like Zelda combat, but but ranged instead of melee. Um, so that m- st- movement completely made sense to me. It didn't throw me at all at the time. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what you do in a Zelda game. Um, See, my yeah, no, go ahead. I think it supports yours. Is that like calling it a shooter? Is I don't know, sort of inaccurate. Like, yes. yeah. That's the mechanic, but yeah, it's it's it, the game isn't made to be fast. No, the game is made like, and that's like I I love yeah. that anyone that wants to play this like a modern twin stick shooter can like that if that lets more people play this game, sure. great. But the game's not designed around that controls the the way mm-hmm. the game is designed. The original control scheme is in no way a hindrance. It's designed around yeah. that control scheme. There's never a, you, you you can just park and really what it is for me is where the jump button is. Like mm. there's so much platforming in this game that having yeah. to deal with reorienting myself to the ground after each jump with the right analog stick just slowed me down when I switched to modern controls. Like, no, I, I need to be able to just jump and aim and pivot. And, like, I need my right thumb to jump and I need my left thumb to just steer me, basically, in the direction mm. I want to move. It just felt so much more intuitive because oh, it's, yeah. yeah, you know, you're not you're not moving in corridors constantly perpendicular to the ground. You're, yeah. it's a very vertical game. And so, uh, yeah. Well, that's why they put just, jump up on the trigger. They did? Yeah. Uh, is it duplicated up there? Oh. Because it's also on the <laughs> yeah. face buttons. Yeah. Yes. The, yes okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's either, yeah. Okay. I Because there are times when I do kind of wish, like, eh, it would be a little easier, I guess, to just, you know, instantly be able to look around. But also, the game is not designed in such a way that that's necessary. Um, nope. But I'm, I'm delighted for anyone who prefers it that way. I, I have no complaints about that. I'm. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't matter. Whatever. There's lots of matter. options. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots. Of, I haven't even tried like Wii style nah, controls <laughs> yet, but uh, but yeah, I just wow, I I it's wow. This game is so <laughs> brave. It feels like such a statement to make a game that is just quiet and <laughs> contemplative. Like it it is an action game. It is a triple A action game that is quiet and contemplative and is not fucking yapping at you all the time. And I love mm-hmm. that. As a voice actor, I'm saying I love yeah. that this game is not constantly yapping nonsense at you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and that's well, that's what made it feel like not just like the voice acting, but the quietness in general is what tied it to Metroid for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You know? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of why i play that series so like the louder it gets the further it gets from that core yeah. for yeah. me yeah yeah that, but turns turns out metroid prime is still really good yeah, which so it I, shouldn't I be should, getting this physical that people are fighting to get yeah. at this point yeah yeah i mean it'll it's okay so <laughs> yes i i it was brought to my attention today that the physical version of Metroid Prime Remastered is incredibly hard to get a hold of right now. So and I've people seen. are people are reselling it for like 100 120 bucks on eBay. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing is that I think it is just Nintendo undersupplied. Maybe they didn't make a lot in the lead up because they shadow dropped it. Maybe yeah. they didn't make a lot because it's a Metroid game. But I think it's the former because apparently Amazon, like even before the game came out, was like delaying people's pre-order estimates to like April. So they didn't have enough supply up front, but there is going to be supply later on. So just like relax, just hold up, just relax. You'll get it. Like it'll be out eventually. Like don't go paying a hundred bucks for it. Um, it's a forty dollar yeah. release. At the, yeah, it's it's a forty dollar <laughs> release that I already own over there. Yeah, so that's a, like. Because that's the thing with, like, remasters. I've never really been like, oh, I'm going to rush out and get the physical unless it's there's something special. In mm-hmm. the as much as I like physical releases. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. I just, uh, the, the, the physical didn't matter. I, the physical only mattered to me once I saw the scarcity of it. And, I was, and suddenly I had that instinctual lizard brain pang of like, oh, no. There's not going to be any more of these. This is going to be a rare thing. Should I should I double dip? Should I get the physical? And I was like, no, just I I never buy physical games anyway, really. And I wanted to, to play oh, really? it when I wanted to play it. So um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm 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 glad to have it. Uh, it sure feels like the definitive way to play this game. And uh, I'm not that salty that it wasn't the trilogy because I don't really care too much about two and three. Although I would like access to them so I can play those for the first time mm-hmm. in in ah. the best possible format as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so usually I also buy things physical, um, but I actually went in on Nintendo's. They they have those the the game voucher yeah. things on the eShop. Yeah. Uh, I did that because they said that Zelda was going to be seventy bucks. Yeah. So I was like, well, I can that. Then I'm just saving because usually you the the get you get two game vouchers for a hundred bucks, two digital game vouchers, and they're good for two. Uh, first party Nintendo games, they have a selection, yep. you know, whatever. I mean, the game could be 40, the game could be 50, the game could be 60, the game could also be 70. Yeah. So uh, at that point, I'm just, I'm saving 30 bucks off Betrayed and then some other game, whatever I decide to get at some point. Maybe it'll be Pikmin 4, maybe I'll get that Fire Emblem game, maybe I'll just, they're good for a year, so no rush. But I wish there I, uh, was another game on that list that really appealed to like, I, I, I would feel more mm-hmm. confident doing that if there was a second game that I knew I really wanted already. And that mm-hmm. I wasn't going to have to sort of roll the dice and be like, hope there's another game that I really want. Um, I'm, like, I think I'm there sure. probably will be before the end of the year, but mm-hmm. for, for, for just like, <laughs> even if there wasn't, it's like, well, I get Zelda and then I get some other game. I might be interested for 30. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably going to end up doing it too. Yeah, I, I think it's worth doing that Costco deal with that right now, so that you're getting like fifty dollars worth of points for forty bucks, and then you get the voucher mm. with those two, so you're saving like yeah. Oh wait, what's Costco going on right now? Is Costco uh, have a deal on eShop points? Yeah, they've got uh fifty bucks for forty. So if you're oh, Costco, because I need more. Uh, yeah, but I don't have a Costco. I'm not membership. Costco. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they're gonna have a Costco in Buffalo or in Amherst. So yeah. Am Costco <laughs> Amherst. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lauren was like, "Why are they putting it in Amherst? There's all this space in Cheektowaga." And I'm like, "Well, they don't want black people to get to it. That's why. That's why you put things in Amherst." Cool. <laughs> 
so annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, what else have I been playing? Okay, so I want to talk about let's talk about a, the Atari Fifty. The Atari oh, Fifty. Let's talk about that Atari Fifty. Yeah, have you guys play, have you played it, Dave? Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, played it. Yeah, bought it right away. You, Again, yeah. just okay. Digital Eclipse was on a real hot streak uh, for yeah. me, and so once I started seeing early previews and and uh, yeah, I was I, I grabbed it right away. Yeah, I didn't uh, really think about it at all till I heard it. You know, people talking it up on like end of year podcasts, uh, and me being like, oh. Well, how much better could it be than the other Digital Eclipse collections <laughs> they've put out? And it turns out the answer is a lot. Uh, <laughs> like a whole other level like, beyond the already amazing level that Ninja Turtles was. Yeah, it is a new... Well, they didn't make two Ninja Turtles games. I guess there's a difference there. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, semantics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like once I got in there and started... Well, because, so like, you know... Their other collections they put out, they, you know, they get these materials and stuff and you can browse it if you want, you know, but here they, they put all of these artifacts they've collected like front and center and they make it something for you to play through um, and, you know, tick off a box in your little lizard brain to complete looking through the collection. Um for which you're but, also rewarded with some hidden games. Uh, yeah, by playing. But, you know, and they also importantly, you know, went and did a whole bunch of interviews with people mm -hmm. who were involved with this stuff back in the time, as well as getting, you know, commentary from like Cliff Blazinski and Tim Schaefer for additional context. Um, Eugene but, Jarvis, yeah. too, who I don't think yeah. ever programmed anything for the 2600, but. Well, he mm. said he, he did their like a uh, pinball program oh, yeah yeah that's right that's right which he thought which he remarked was a horrible idea but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh just i love yes. hearing schaefer talk over atari games he used to stream every once in a while yeah. uh, that's nice yeah it, it's 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 great and because it puts the stuff in a timeline where it's like okay well here you can go through what atari put out into arcades and it's like well you know here's some stories about them you know a dude finding a bunch of old space war machines but you get to actually see the progression and get additional context about things um that i think you don't get just by you know here's you know putting them on a timeline which does exist in this game as well of just mm -hmm. like okay here's just a big list of games you can go and play whatever but yeah. and even sometimes it's just the, the, the thing is they are great it, chris kohler did a great job writing these things because they are short easily digestible blurbs mm -hmm. and like they're broken so you know like you get to a point in the timeline and then you can like okay well let's drill down into that oh here's a kind of a surface level blurb do you want to know more let's drill down one step further maybe here's a commercial for that product from the time mm -hmm. let's drill down one step further here's some in an interesting quote from an involved developer like it's yeah. just it's Here, here's the comic well. the comic for sword quest you know <laughs> and this is the whole scheme for sword quest and then it's like, well, they didn't get around to doing the last one, but we made one ourselves to say, here's what Sword Quest Airworld might have looked like if they finished it and released it. Uh, and that's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, and, you know, you feel it when you're getting through there and, and you, you know, there, there's the arcade Atari and then there's like, OK, well, here's the big rise, the 2600. And then here's where things start to get dicey. 
And then you get to like, you know, 1986 or 87. And it's like, well, here's the, the 7,800 version of asteroids and missile command. And it's like, wow, they're still putting out asteroids and missile command. And there's the comment that's like, yeah, they're still putting out asteroids and missile command <laughs> when, you know, the NES is on the market with much yeah. more complex games. And you can see why Atari, like, you know, couldn't keep up at all yeah. at the time. And then, the, but the also freaking... those are super interesting versions of Asteroid and Missile Command because they completely redesigned yeah. the graphics and like it's doing graphical tricks that only you know. I love how those asteroids rotate in the fifty two hundred yeah, version. Cool. It's, it looks but super it's, cool. And and yeah, you know, it's funny because that carries through to you know the handful of Lynx and Jaguar games they have on there because <sighs> sure highlight shit. for me. They have asteroids and missile command for the Lynx and asteroids <laughs> yes. and missile command for the Jaguar. They have a 3D missile command that you could play with the Jaguar like VR where you're like on the ground looking up and there's like polygonal <laughs> missiles coming down. It's the I'm same gameplay. Shooting on myself at the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was... It's just like and, and and yet the the desperation of the Jaguar of just like the, the the price drops of just like here you go, here's this, here's this, please buy the Jaguar. And then it's like what they had sold thirty thousand Jaguars and it's or maybe that, that no, the top selling game was Tempest two thousand, which sold thirty thousand copies, which they finally got to play Tempest two thousand and I'm like, oh yeah, this game's awesome. This is so cool. Which of course then prompted me to like reinstall Space Giraffe on uh <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> that that because you know I can just do that on my Xbox. Still, just look up Space Giraffe and download it real quick and be like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I see this. <laughs> I see what's going on here." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, getting to play those Jaguar games is a real, real treat. And knowing that that emulator was developed in house to make mm-hmm. sure that it was as accurate as possible, um, it, it's just mind blowing the effort that went into this. Mm-hmm. But th- and then there's also the collection of like modernized. Uh, yeah. you know, versions of some of those old games. Like they did a modern, like four player combat right. uh, remake. They did a, like a Yars revenge update. They did an update of haunted houses. They did that, that game where it's like based on a bunch of the vector games where it keeps switching between them. Vector uh, sector. Vector sector. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And they have, you know, a bunch of, like, oh, this game was never released. Here's a prototype. Um, you know, like quite a few just prototype games in there that were never released. And there's like, oh, here's this, you know, this was released on 2600, but never the 7800. Here's this prototype. Here's that. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing collection. It is incredible. Uh, and. I have exactly it's, it's two critiques. And neither of them are really the developer's fault because, you Mm -hmm. know, one of them is I, and I've heard Chris Kohler talk about this on podcasts that, uh, the games that they could not include either because they were, they were, you know, Activision games or they they couldn't secure the licensing or like, look, we got a hundred games. How many more do you want from us? Um, Mm. you know, he, he, they sort of had to make the editorial decision, like, do we acknowledge these games that are historically important? And he was like, yes, let's not pretend that pitfall didn't exist it did and we can put a picture of it in there and talk about how important it was and et and those other games um and i think that that was the right decision Mm -hmm. but it makes me want to play those games (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, oh, you're talking about a game here on the timeline. And like, I, sh I should be able to click on it and play it because this is an interactive museum of everything that you're mentioning. Again, mm -hmm. not their fault. It's just you, they, they, they put a picture of a tasty food that I now want to play and, and sample and I can't. Um, and the other thing is the games that require paddle controls. Um, Touchscreen mm. is just not an adequate substitute. Um, uh, and, and they did the best that they could with the analog sensitivity settings that they have included. And Digital Eclipse president, Mike Micah, even designed a 3D printable uh, yeah, paddle controller <laughs> that you can attach to an Xbox One controller. Uh, well, I borrowed my dad's 3D printer with the intention of doing that at some point, but then I saw mm -hmm. someone is just selling them online, so I might just do that yeah. because that. Way. <laughs> uh, but no, but I, I just, oh god, I wish someone would just make a third-party USB paddle USB controller. Paddle controller, just, please, yeah. just that's all this thing needs is proper paddle controls. Um, other than that, I'm just. Yeah, I'm I'm so astonished at this collection and you know I I now follow a lot of the Digital Eclipse developers on um on Twitter and it's just so cool to see I always knew that they existed but like seeing the amazing things <laughs> that they did like back in the 90s and the early 2000s like developing that Metal Slug style Lilo and Stitch game for Game yeah. Boy Advance. Um, and uh, the times where like the emulation was not sufficient enough so they like wrote ports from scratch in order to get games running on certain you know the the 16-bit Midway arcade collections on Genesis and Super Nintendo. Those are native ports, not emulations. And it's because they're fucking good programmers <laughs> over there and they can, they are good at programming original games and have made some good original games, but they are really, really good at making accurate ports and emulation. They're just, it's, they're the American M2. They are the American M2. It's, it's just amazing that they've made it, I guess, is the yeah. thing. Like a company like that, you know, like, through all odds should have died in the early odds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since like, you know, I, I think, I, I think they were also behind the sort of a couple of more infamous collections like, or no, it was atomic planet that did the mega man collections that had the fucking buttons swapped. Oh, around yeah oh, no, the that PS2 wasn't ones. Yeah, yeah 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 no digital yeah. eclipse did the amazing like the midway arcade treasures collections mm. that also had developer interviews and and great adaptations of the controls for analog sticks and some of the best ways to play those games because they just did their due diligence to make sure that they played accurately mm. uh i guess a easy transition did uh any of you watch any of that Psychonauts 2 doc? No, <laughs> no. 22 hours of uh, <laughs> documentary. No, no, I've heard yeah. amazing things, though. It's good. Like, so, so I watched the first, like, 10 episodes of the 32-part series <laughs> because I can do that while I'm working. Here's mm -hmm. the thing. It's way too close to what I'm doing while I'm working, and it was just bumming me out. <laughs> see a place where well they're making psychonauts too and i am not so that was <laughs> a little more fun. uh but no like i i i really like two-player productions like for since they i don't know if they did anything public before they hooked up with double fine but i mean they're just the in-house yeah they just work for double fine now yeah yeah uh 
you know, like Asif made a game at some point, you know, like it's, uh, yeah, just, just cool to watch. And it, it's, it's that same kind of like, you follow a troop, you follow kids in the hall or whatever, and you see them through the years, you know, you're like, oh yeah, Greg Rice is back. <laughs> like he left the company a while ago. It's nice to see him over there or, you know, this and that. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's still really, really cool to just throw one on. I just I can't believe that they put up 22 hours worth. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a true feat, especially for like it's not like they they did this for like, oh, we unearthed 22 hours of Psychonauts one, like, you know, a known classic like Psychonauts two is certainly a very liked game right now, but it's not like mario you know yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not in the public conscious like that so it's like i mean you know because before they did the double fine adventure broken age which was you know a much smaller thing but this is pretty close to a triple a quality production and i don't think there's anything comparable like no. to that just to that volume of, of documentation of something like of like a full Mm -hmm. you know, game of this size from one end to the other. Like, yeah, you know, you'll see like some little behind the scenes vignettes and mm -hmm. talk about this and that. But like, this is, you know, I haven't watched it, but just, yeah, it has to be more comprehensive than anything that's come before. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean, it's comprehensive and it's, you know, it's more intimate too. Yeah. you know, like it's everybody's comfortable with the cameras being there. And it's not just Psychonauts too, because they're working on multiple games at once, right. mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, oh, we're also doing, this is the story of the VR game. Oh, we have to pull people from the VR game over to this. What does that mean for the VR game? You know, mm -hmm. like seeing, you know, and, and it's kind of like, uh, I guess, years ago when first started seeing like really good articles about like productions of games and just like that thing where, you know, your favorite mechanic in a game showed up in the last like, five minutes like okay mm -hmm. we've headline oh hey this is pretty fun uh samus turns into a morph ball okay well i guess we'll get <laughs> whatever like there's so much so many like things about your favorite games that were like the last thing thrown in mm -hmm. and so much that's left on the floor that hasn't gone in there so like yeah. any, any of those kind of details speaking of left on the floor we do you i mean it being so have you it doesn't sound like it but have you ever gotten the impression that perhaps they could have edited this documentary down a little further. Yeah. It, well, or is it a situation like Peter Jackson's get back where like, if you're a Beatles fan, yeah, he probably could have trimmed that down, but like a, a, a Beatles fan wouldn't want to, wouldn't have wanted to miss anything. I, I think it's more about like who they're doing this for. Cause I don't think, you know, like instinctively, I wish it was like a 90 minute doc, but <laughs> You know, it's more made for people to like throw on for on YouTube, like yeah. continuously watching. Like, so it, it's more fly on the wall than it is like an actually like crafted piece front to back. Okay, you know, they're they're not like trying to find the story within the doc because it's all kind of like there, it's yeah, <laughs> sort of thing. So that makes sense. Like, I I, I would love that. I, I mean, like that would be hard to. Like, right, because you would have to find narrative hooks to tell that story within, because otherwise it's just condensing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
right. yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Uh, Dave, did you happen to watch Picard? I yeah. so uh, I watched the pi- I watched the the first episode of season okay. three. Haven't okay. gotten watched the second one yet. You guys yeah. watch season two? No, I no. skipped season two. I decided. I was okay. just going to be like, you know, I, I thought about it. I thought about like, I wonder yeah. if there's an episode guide about the necessary episodes of season two I'd have to watch to understand season three. But no, fuck it. No. You don't. Because they got rid of all the characters from the first two oh. seasons. They're oh. just gone. No. Oh. <laughs> it's almost its own thing, uh, which is I'm enjoying. I didn't okay. expect to. Right. I, I think it's mostly really fun and working. Like, you you get right you, you just get Riker and Picard in a room looking at each other and yeah. that chemistry can't fake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, Jonathan Frakes has a certain level of charisma that's just undeniable and having him on screen for most of the time instead of just one episode is just mm-hmm. a huge boon. Um I still think the writing is pretty dumb. I still think that there are way Mm -hmm. too many moments where they are writing toward big emotional speeches that are very unearned. Um, I didn't feel it as much in this. Like, I still am not a fan of Michelle Hurd slash Raffi. God. Like, but I, but also this was way better than she was in the first season. Yeah. But I'll, if I had not like, seen her in the first season, I might have been more forgiving for this. And, and yeah. like, like, I, I feel bad because like the show. <laughs> well, I guess I, I don't feel bad the, the, the first season. Uh, but like it, it's hard because everything with the legacy characters is is clicking. Like you don't mm. need. I don't feel like you need to give them a lot. Like, I think it still feels much like it's, it's nostalgic handy, but it's, there is some substance that was making it work for me enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. At least worth existing. I will also say that I had to sort of land on the fact that tonally it is not next generation and it never will be. It's more like a new movie starring the next generation cast because those were always quicker and quippier and more action focused anyway. So if I take it as that, like, all right, this is just the next movie. Then I'm like, that's fine. And I think like, that's, that's the, the weird thing about, you know, it existing right now, you know, like if, if this show was made right when next gen left the air, Mm. then yes, it would be made like next gen. But right now TV is made like movies. Yeah, like it's more centered that way, and ironically, the the other way is true too. So it's, yeah, it it feel like I watched the um, the the last season of Doctor Who was kind of like a uh, all in one like six part like series. It feels kind of very much like that. It feels like a uh like a mini series where they got everyone back together on mm. your favorite show. Like even when the commercial breaks. You know, like they, they, you know, I'm not seeing commercials, but when it fades down, uh, it, it feels like an old ABC, like 90s special <laughs> in a weird yeah, way. Yeah. Kind, kind In the way that like when that first season of Cosmos uh, with Neil deGrasse Tyson came on also gave me that exact same like feeling. Yep. yep so I have, I, <laughs> yeah. Just making I, I that mean, connection like, now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, like. 
I mean, the one thing that bothers me is that the people's short-term memories that totally were like, this is the best Star Trek has been. Since. I'm like, I am literally re-watching Strange New Worlds right now. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it is not Strange New Worlds. That, nope. that show is just firing. Yeah. But um, look, when when legacy character in episode two shows up, man, I, I was through the roof. You know, like, like things... <laughs> Things work <laughs> like it's it's definitely if you if you like next gen, I still think like you should watch the show. And I wouldn't have said that about the first season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to go back about the second season. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of like that. they Like that's that's the hard thing, I guess, is like they still have a couple of those older characters and like you feel the energy just drop when you cut away from the legacy people. And you're yeah. like, yeah, oh. Now I have to, all right, let's, come on, guys. <laughs> I got to watch Rafi emotionally monologuing toward a computer screen. And it's like, I know that that's the kind of thing that I mean is are these overwrought yeah. emotional monologues that are just mm-hmm. come out of nowhere because the writers think that they sound cool. Like poor Jerry Ryan is forced to deliver one. Um, mm. <laughs> seven, what's really about- going on? Permission to speak freely. Oh. I object to all of this in my career. Just... Jesus Christ. The Jerry Ryan thing, like, uh, I had a conversation with a friend here. So it's like, on one hand, I think it's the, the thing I like is that I feel like Jerry Ryan was always shit upon, <laughs> like, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice to be like, well, all right. But on the other hand, it's just weird that Seven of Nine's there, <laughs> for one. Yeah. It just feels. Yeah. And, and I she had know, some like, really great uh, moments in season one. She had some really, and like, you really sure showed, like, I, I get, I think she's a very, very good actor. I think Michelle oh, Hurd yeah. is a good actor. It's just, I, I feel like I in these scenes, I need to they see are. Her in something. Yeah. I, yeah, I would like to see her too. I just yeah. think, no, I really think they are just given absolute shit to work with. Um, yeah. And that it's well, not they, exclusive to the women, but it does seem to happen to the women more. Well, yes, but also. I think it's exclusively happening to the non-legacy characters, which yeah, is yeah. kind of the good and the bad. Cause it's like, Oh, all right. You know, like <laughs> it, it's, it's too bad because it's putting all of the fun over on legacy side. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. just sort of like, Oh, we left the legacy stuff. Okay. Well, we might as well tell plots since people are bummed out anyways. Yeah. Let's just go to exposition dump. <laughs> Here's I, I, uh, my only lingering question is uh, I must have missed something in season two because Picard's Romulan housekeeper full on kissed him on the mouth. Are they? Oh, yeah. That, I, yep. Yep. That was I laughed, too, because I'm just sort of like, oh, there's got to be other people like me. I'm so glad that you did the same thing. <laughs> when did that just, happen? Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, that was I. Uh, I guess like the only the only thing that's nice Picard wise on um, Picard on Picard versus Picard in the next gen movies, which just got a nice 4K uh, set, by the way, I'd love to see. Um, he doesn't feel as uh, like action. Well, he is action, but he's not as uh, Kirk, I suppose. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. seeing. A, yeah. You know what I mean? He, he's not punch first right now, yeah. which is like. As much as I love first contact, <laughs> like, my first image is him with a Tommy gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So it, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm enjoying. I'm looking forward to seeing them. I'm not, you know, like Strange New Worlds. I'll be like. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super pumped for next season of Strange New Worlds. But no, I'm definitely going to stick with season three of Picard because you know I I, I yeah what it is. I still think it's dumb. It, I, it it's the writing. It's I it is. I uh-huh. think the writing and the dialogue is dumb, but it's the kind of dumb that mm-hmm. I can enjoy and get behind because these characters and actors are so endearing. So I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I, the the one last thing is like i think it's it's again that difference between like a good character and a good relationship because like picard's always Mm. good but you put picard and Riker in a room and like their relationship as a character they could do anything they could literally do anything i don't care yeah yeah they're great together totally agree um Uh, on the flip side I I finally went back on on the flip side of of science fiction dynasties. Uh, I finally went back and revisited Rogue One after not having mm-hmm. seen it since it uh, premiered. Yeah, you've got the Andor context because now I got the Andor context, and I was, uh, you know, thinking that having you know with the Andor context, I was like, well, maybe this little everything in this movie is going to be a lot more meaningful for me. And uh, you know, Tim, I'm sorry, I still just that movie is just still not landing with me uh maybe maybe after a couple more seasons of andor (laughs) (laughs) maybe no uh yeah i i if anything it it was almost a poor contrast with andor because andor got to breathe in such a long form thing and 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 the movie like rogue one had to be a star wars movie and it is very star wars movie ish you know like lots of john williams score cues and just the, the same familiar musical beats and and like oh this has to this has to you know in a very audio visual sense uh, maintain the signifiers of what Star Wars means. Whereas Andor was not beholden to almost anything and was so refreshing for that. Um, so that was kind of a bummer because I was really hoping mm. to get... Uh, and, and then I, I chased that down with my very first viewing of Solo, uh, a Star Wars movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was exactly what it is you know and and an unfortunate uh lost stepchild passed around between two parents who <laughs> didn't know it's neither one thing it is neither a lord it's not a lord miller movie in any way but it sure felt like there were some holdover jokes that were not delivered with the proper timing uh mm-hmm. and and i'm sure ron howard did his best but yeah that movie is just not really anything at all except when donald glover is on screen because mm-hmm. Yeah, every scene with it. him is just a delight. My yep. God. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like criminally oh. underutilized. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that movie. That's so funny. I, At this point, that's very funny. <laughs> She's just, yeah, she could do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll never see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, just I, I mean, like, I don't know. There, there isn't anyone that's like, no, 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 kind of hidden gem this is like unanimously. It's just sort of like, yeah, Lando. But well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I had heard a couple people say like, you know, yeah, it's not a great movie. It's definitely not the best. It's it's nowhere near the best Star Wars movie. But it is fine without <laughs> the context of the ex the weight of expectation around it. And I was like, and so I, that's why I wanted to give it a chance, especially after Rogue One. And and I was like, oh yeah. no, it's just what everyone says it is. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's completionism. And I feel like that's the thing is like when you break that completionism chain, <laughs> like I'm just like, wow, it's it's weird that there's a bunch of Star Wars I haven't seen, yeah. you know, <laughs> just so much of it. Just lying point. around, not doing yeah. anything, waiting to be watched. Mm-hmm. And we there's don't cartoon, care. Several theories of cartoons. Yeah. Or, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I like that three seconds of Grogu that, uh, you know, from Studio Ghibli that came out last year, you know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like freaking Mando season, <laughs> season three, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. season four, ostensibly, of Mandalorian starts tomorrow? this week. Which, no, Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, which is, it's mm-hmm. yeah, tomorrow by probably by the time I get this up, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. N- now I will be fully in the thrall of Pedro Pascal overload. <laughs> Um, so you will have dueling nerd shows running at the same time. <laughs> All right. Well, should we talk about Last of Us then? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Since you brought it no, up. No, I have not seen. Should I mute this or? Oh, uh, no. no, we don't need to discuss it in detail. Um, no. Oh. I mean, it is the plot of a game that came out like 10 years ago at this point. Like, it's not deviating. I, mean, from... I played the first game. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is yeah. that. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> On film. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's fine. I it mean, I, I really like Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so yeah. this is similar in a lot of ways. And uh, Pedro Pascal's great. Bella, Bella, Bella Thorne? Bella, no. Bella. Something like that. Bella Thorne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> blank on her name right now, but uh, she's great. Her American accent is flawless. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's a great. I'm, I'm watching it with Jan, which is weird. And mm-hmm. she's really into it. Um, and, but at the end of every episode, she always turns to me and she's like, all right, so what was different in the game? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, it was like 10 years ago. So I don't really remember, but right. there was a lot more sneaking in, in murder sequences between them doing this, that, and the other thing is really yeah. the difference pretty yeah. much. Um, you know, I was joking around before the show came out and, and mostly being a dick that, uh, you know, oh, Last of Us is perfect to make into a show because you can cut out all the shitty gameplay and just focus on the story that's the best part of the game. But as it turns out, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> no, this, this like, would made more sense than Uncharted to me. I, I still, yeah. like, thought it was a bad idea, and I'm glad that I was wrong on that, you know, like, pretty yeah. universally liked at this point, and Craig Mason's a really good writer, you know, when not yeah. doing frat comedies, which is so funny. Um, years and years later. Uh, yeah. And, and tonally, it's it's that's the thing, though. It's just like, man, I am not in the mood to be in that <laughs> in that vibe right now. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. totally fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is why it took me a year to watch Chernobyl, mm-hmm. which was yeah. good. I got to it. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably um, do the exact same thing with this show. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're yeah, they're not. He's not. You know, you know Neil Druckmann is is heavily involved in in the show, yeah. um, and you know, this is not like, oh, we're gonna reimagine it for a TV audience. It's like, no, we're just making it for a TV audience to expose more people to the story because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing, and it sold a bunch of copies of The Last of Us, oh, uh, yes. part one and part two, but part one especially. You know, they just put out that. Unnecessary remake. Um, <laughs> well, and, necessary for them. Yeah, and it turns. Yeah, people yeah. are buying the crap out of it to go back to Last of Us to play it in the best way possible. Uh, well, because I think a lot of people played. Well, I don't know. 
it sounded like a lot of people played two just because of the hype. Kind of kind of the same way with like Red Dead. Yeah. Right. Where it's just like people were talking about it more than they did the first one. It was almost like a half generation, not a half generation later, but you know, like good five, ten years. Yeah. Especially with like a remaster in there. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how season two goes. Um because that story is more divisive, yeah. uh, I feel like. Generally speaking, like the first Last of Us, like everyone's like, man, that's 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 a good story. That that ends really well. And then the second one is more like, you know, mm-hmm. some people love it and some people are like, eh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, I, it's great because I don't have to play. It. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, I'm I stopped for that second season. Yeah, <laughs> I stopped playing the second one after like six, seven, eight hours or something like that because I was just like, ah, I'm just, you know, I just don't like doing the gameplay stuff. Um, but. Yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah. The, this past week's episode was basically like the DLC for the first game, where it goes to kind of Ellie's backstory, um, uh, the, which I uh, didn't uh, get to play, and I'm I'm almost feeling like I should play that first. Yeah, but then uh, did you did, did you ever play Left Left Behind? No, I never played of it. No, Brett did, and he commented on it on Facebook. He's like, well, really, the only thing they took out is like some stealth encounters killing a bunch of Fedra soldiers and turning on a bunch of generators. Does right. that sound like fun to you? No, just. <laughs> um, well, yeah. but here's my only thing is that I still with, with the huge caveat that this is a great show, very well acted and I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It still feels very redundant. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because my, my feeling about naughty dog games has always been that like, it's not that they're the gameplay is not spectacular, but it is there for the sake of interactivity. Likewise, mm-hmm. the narratives were they the narratives are not spectacularly unique. There's nothing that Uncharted or Last of Us is doing narratively that countless <laughs> other similar stories have done before. What Man. distinguishes them <laughs> is doing it in that quality in the video game space and making mm-hmm. the experience subjective to the player. You know, I, I would. I would argue Last of Us on that one a little bit. Like I, I, I mean, like that's 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 my you know like I'm I don't like plot. I feel like there's 50 stories. You know, like recycled. It's, it's just a point of view that you're telling that story. But I think the way that they interact was perhaps I don't know. Like I I had so much trust in. Ellie that I haven't had like younger characters in that sense. Um, I don't know. There was, there was a push pull that I thought was unique about like those two, at at least a little bit more, you know, like, yes, but I don't know. Like I, I, I agree with you on uncharted totally. Like that's, that is Indiana Jones, except you're getting to play it. Um, and that elevates the material. It elevates the material and they have, and I think like that's that's kind of the the weird thing with like the genre difference too, because it's action adventure. Like you can spike a joke in Uncharted. There's no jokes in Last of Us. You know, I I, I, I think you can hit that timing a little easier on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. it it's it's hard. <laughs> I still yeah like like because both of them are so drawn from other material in the first place too like i guess yeah yeah um i guess all uh, i'm trying to say is that i I think sorry go ahead tim no i do i do want to say i did i did read a 
a serious, what I perceive to be a serious comment on Twitter of someone uh, saying how the last of us was never about the monsters. It's about the people. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Finally. Who is this sage? Genre. Uh, <laughs> Where can I find them and gain more wisdom? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think, uh, for me, the reason playing The Last of Us was special is because subjectively Joel's grief became my grief by the mm-hmm. process of transmutation of gameplay, you know, <laughs> and like you, right, that's right. what's magical. That's what's inherently magical about video games is when you tell a narrative that is that well told um, in terms mm-hmm. of just the, the sophistication of the acting and the motion capture and the storytelling like you know, Joel's grief was my grief because mm-hmm. I was experiencing it subjectively and you you can't do that in on film. And they are doing everything as smartly as they can to mitigate, not mitigate that, but but to, you know, obviously a, a passive audience can empathize with characters and, and, and movies make us sad, you know, obviously, <laughs> but there is something particularly magical about the subjectivity of video games that is what I felt was kind of special about Last of Us. So yeah, no, that's all. That it's good. It's fine. Sense. I'm yeah. glad it exists, but yeah, it's well, not I mean, a subjective ex- experience. Yeah, that, that explains why, you know, I... I like the last of us one um, and, and got through it and last of us two. I did not because, you know, the Joel Ellie relationship, you know, pushes last of us one and in last yeah. of us two, I was not on board with the motivations of Ellie mm-hmm. uh, as, you know, like a revenge story. And, you know, it's like, well, yeah, Joel's a dick. Yes. Like some people showed up and killed him cause he did some dick things, including one particularly horrible dick thing uh, that they'll get to in two episodes. Um, <laughs> Spoilers yeah, for the, I, the, the game, but yeah. <laughs> I, weird transition, but that was kind of part of my problem with Persona 5. Uh, like, <laughs> super far, but where I was at, the villain was accusing the protagonists of the things that they were doing, mm-hmm. abusing their powers, and, yeah. you know, basically being as. And I'm like, I am, and I feel <laughs> weird about it <laughs> right now. Yeah. I'm sure that there's a turnabout. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, but speaking of Naughty Dog, yeah. I uh, there it is. Um, yeah, well, it's like last month I, I did neglect to mention that uh, after you know two months ago talking about how I was not vibing with AAA Sony games anymore. I forgot to mention that I did in fact stop playing God of War Ragnarok because I stopped. Mm. <laughs> I was just like, man, I am so sick of walking around with people talking to me in this fucking game. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like it felt like that game was designed in service of you having to like, you know, go around with somebody else and have them chat with you, which was done elegantly in the first game and felt novel as you're exploring. But it's just like, as I'm going around, you know, there's moments in that second game where it's just like, you're literally just walking around and someone's talking at you while you're seeing the environment. It's like, okay, like multiple times. And then that's what's so refreshing I, about Metroid prime. And then, yeah, then I'm I'm getting, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I kind of looked up some stuff and I was like, okay, well, I'm about to get a new weapon. So I'm going to try to push a little further, but it's like, I'm trying to accomplish this task around like the main hub uh, of the first game, which is still there in the second game, though, has been ripped up. And I go to one and I'm, I'm just like, I'm trying to find a thing and I keep going to one spot 
And then, no, no, it's not here. We got to go somewhere else. The fate, the Norns are playing tricks on us. Okay, well, now we go over to the other side of the lake. No, nope, not here either. And then I found a thing that was like, like start up a side quest. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I can finish something and get some satisfaction. That's like, oh, wait, nope. The waypoint for this is way over on the other side of the lake. And I'm just like, I'm fucking done. I am, cannot just keep running to and fro and I was trying not to do any side stuff. It was just like it, when I was sitting down to play that game, I was getting nothing done, like nothing good to feel accomplished about. Like I wasn't finishing quests. I was just like maybe getting in a couple combat encounters, solving a puzzle in a little area. I just like felt like I was getting nowhere. Um, then I just read the rest of the plot and I was like, OK, cool, whatever. Done. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, watching uh last of us kind of got me being like ah man i sh- wish i i want to play a naughty dog something or something like that so i ended up uh installing uncharted lost legacy hmm. which is the little uncharted game that they released either after three or after four i don't remember exactly i think it was after four because it has oh. some of the mechanics of four in it okay. four which i never finished which i got bored of um too much yakking and all that uncharted shit but oh, uncharted sure. lost legacy Uncharted Lost Legacy is, you know, like six hours long uh, and just big enough to okay. to have a good time with. And it's mostly there are there was one sequence where it had guys literally dropping out of the ceiling um, uh-huh. and it was towards the end of the game, which was the thing that is most annoying me about Uncharted games, just like encounters going on for fucking ever. Uh, but in this one, you know, no, there's like it. Um, you know, there's like a chase at the beginning and then eventually it gets you into like a fairly open area where you can drive around and there's some counters and some side stuff to do. And like, you have some tasks to complete and explore and do some of the, you know, that good tomb Raider puzzle stuff. Mm. Uh, and you know, just, you know, the vistas, and, you know, the graphical prowess of naughty dog is, you know, mm. very good. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the, the vistas they make just look in, incredible. Um, but yeah, got in, got out, had a good time. Um, felt good about that one. Like just the right length. Didn't, didn't drag itself out. Had a big, crazy train action set piece at the end of the game. Um, of course, all those games need to be. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, the other ones, I think Uncharted 4 in particular, like it just goes on and on and I just, you know, uh, so yeah, but yeah, I had a great time. Lost Legacy, and then I'm like, I want more of this. So now, I, then I fired up Shadow of the Tomb Raider. All right, checking that out a little bit because that's the been second long. one or the third. That one? is the third one. Okay, uh, which you know, the first one of the Survivor trilogy. Um, you know, it was Good. like There's a name that helps. Yes, <laughs> the Survivor trilogy. Yeah, the the first one that was just Tomb Raider again was. Right. Pretty good. I liked it. Rise of the Tomb Raider was very, very good. Um, mm. And everyone loved that one. And then Shadow came out and people were like, ah, this may be a bit too much of the same thing. But it's been years. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, yeah. I haven't played too much of it yet. But yeah, I, I like that stuff. Like the, the climbing around and the solving those kind of environmentally. environmental. Yeah, making me miss that kind of game now. They're good. Like when you get a good one that's like well balanced. Uh, and and well designed, like it's a, it's a lot of fun to do that stuff. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking of Prince of Persia. I guess is the one. Yeah. That I, yes. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like ah, why don't we have more of those? Because well, Assassin's Creed ate it up, and there's one of those. Wow, we were talking. Another one popped out. <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit! There it is. <laughs> yeah. 
like little gremlins. Uh, <laughs> I played uh, only a couple things, but uh, I picked up Wargroove. Ah, on, yes, uh, I saw you playing Wargroove. That's a cool little game. I, I think my only issue is the battles are just a little too long. Mm-hmm. And like, I think I think it's more made for if I was on the bus and I'm supposed to like stop in the middle of a battle. But I'm uh-huh. in my living room. <laughs> like, <laughs> seeing them. Time, yeah, like it's it has enough hooks. I mean, I mean, it's it's Advance Wars, right? Like, um. So like it, it has enough that I'm just sort of like, nah, I can do one more round. And then it I just keep getting to a point where I'm just sort of like looking at the battlefield, going like, Man, you're gonna spawn there. I'm gonna make more guys here, and just kind of like pulling back further and further and further and seeing it <laughs> as mechanics and going like, Well, I'm gonna kind of put this down for now. Mm-hmm. But what right. it, it's, it's a very well made game if you have that itch. Uh yeah. yeah. That can be a problem sometimes in that genre and that there's just like yep. just like polishing off a battle takes like a little bit too long. It's like, OK, I've yeah. won, but now I got to right. go kill this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy and just take the mm-hmm. time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it kind of takes the momentum out of it. Like it, mm-hmm. it kind of goes over that hill, I think, I think, especially because, like, I'm not that far in the game. Like yeah. These battles should still be pretty short, even if I'm doing like side missions. They're mm-hmm. kind of enormous at this point. That's uh, why, like, kill all enemies in those games is not a great, like, victory condition. You want, yeah. like, a capture this point or, you know, yeah. get this unit, not to advocate for escort missions, but get this unit to point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can, it gets over with at a certain point. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, did any of you guys play any of the Game Boy games since that dropped? Yeah, not I played yet. a couple of those. Uh, I, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> So what I did was like, because it was like the same day that the, because I didn't play uh, new Kirby, but I was just sort of like, you know what, I could down, I I didn't play the Kirby demo, so I I went back and I'm playing original Kirby, and then I played the demo for new Kirby, just to get like a breadth mm-hmm. thereof. Uh, I'm just real. I mean, like Kirby and Gargoyles Quest, those are my favorite version entries of those series. Yeah, personally. it's great to have those there. Yeah, so it, it's just they're very satisfying, and I, I kind of forget how good Kirby, Kirby. like the, the Kirby shelf. There's Kirby's. Oh, there. nice. yeah. <laughs> just just the how well formed, especially Kirby was like from the get go. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's I'm, I'm sure it's been said a thousand times, but just making him round so the animation could look that good on an original <laughs> Game Boy it still impresses. You know, mm-hmm. like. When you go back to the first entry in a series, and you're like, "Oh yeah, all all that music was there," <laughs> like it didn't take until two or three for those themes to come out. Uh, very impressive. I'm glad that commercial emulation suites have finally landed on the proper way to offer screen filters that, like, <laughs> right. offer a nostalgic experience without being egregious or like it's kind of just enough blur 
they, they are actually ghosting frame. Like I saw a modern vintage gamer like break it down and he was like, yes, they are. They are like repeating animation frames and just ghosting them on a slight delay just just to give a little bit of motion blur. Uh, and that combined with with the very subtle grid that they're doing, you know, which which is the same thing the analog pocket does effectively. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually really like those filters. I think they're cool. I, I, in a lot of ways, I think I enjoy them more than just clean pixels, which is new for me because I usually prefer clean pixels, but in, in this case, I, I, I think, uh, Game Boy benefits. Yeah. Me and Jan sat down and played some Tetris immediately. Oh, like the day that that yep, thing that dropped. Was... <laughs> I can't resist. I know, and I am super tempted now, finally, at this point, to upgrade to the expansion pass to get the GBA games. Mm. I know. This is the biggest <laughs> temptation for me uh, so yeah, far. Yeah, they're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, First thing is I can just play the GBA games on my Steam Deck, but it's still nice to have them on the, the, the Switch. You know, well, I could play them on my Raspberry Pi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I could play that. Like, they're I all on my a... 3DS right now. An, an equivalent <laughs> device, basically, yeah. to to play them on that arguably feels more comfortable in my hand. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I I like presentation. I like I like that there's a little UI. I mean, I could I could go for more. Yeah. You know, of course. Well, you're but, playing it on a Nintendo. It just feels good, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. Like on Nintendo. Mm -hmm. um, I did have I did have a cool moment uh, with my Steam Deck. I mean, many cool moments. <laughs> But, you know, I saw someone on my friends on Twitter talking about playing Wave Race. And I was like, oh, man, I want to play Wave Race. And I just bumped up my Steam Deck and I'm like, oh, I don't have Wave Race. So I just went down to desktop mode, went to Vim.net in desktop mode, <laughs> downloaded it, put it in the folder. And that, you know, was playing Wave Race in five minutes. I'm like, wow. and I didn't have to get up because the Steam Deck was within <laughs> reach. So it's like, you know, I'm not having to go and sit in front of my computer or, or hook up my N64. It's like, oh, here it is right here. And, That's pretty and that, nice. It it's great for removing that barrier of you know oh I want to play this game like oh it's just on my Steam Deck so I can actually just act on that moment even yeah. if I'm going to play it for like a half hour and then just mm. that game where just otherwise I just, yeah well, otherwise I wouldn't yep. I played through Guitar Man in an afternoon you know <laughs> last month because I was just like ah, I just feel like it and just went through and mm. revisited that game it's cool like yeah, it that's pretty cool that. That that era, which is, uh, you know, the the fun to look back at and imagine all of those things that were out of your grasp or clunky emulation for yeah. so long. Just yeah, it's right there. if you want to pay five, ten bucks it, yeah. or not and just steal it. <laughs> I am you know? still like for me, the, the, the while it would be cool to also be able to quickly access my Steam library, all the emulator stuff for me, it's. I'm still not convinced I shouldn't just spend 150 bucks for a Retroid Pocket 3 instead, which mm. can do like 95% of the emulation that the Steam Deck can do for, mm. you know, a third to a quarter of the price. Um, I'm still internally debating that. Uh, so, I, but, but yeah, I want one of those things <laughs> for exactly that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, I mean, what I wrestle with is what makes me want to play a game. And I, I think like part of that is I get overwhelmed. If I have too much choice, then the game isn't special. Like I need mm -hmm. to find that way. And I, I think that that's the draw of like, like I will eventually, the uh, I should get me 
an analog pocket with the Game Gear adapter. Like mm. that just sounds fun to me. You oh know? man. <laughs> well, yeah. cheap Game Gear. For me, I get yeah. that curation from like I will read a retro game blog like Retronauts or or <laughs> Retro Gamer magazine or something and or Hardcore uh, Gaming 101 and like whatever they happen to be profiling this week, I will get a niche to play. You know, it's that sort of level of curation that someone explains to me, yeah. hey, here's the value of playing this, and that's when I want to boot it up and try it. Stuart Jip on mm-hmm. Retronauts is playing through every Game Gear game in alphabetical order right oh, now, no. and like <laughs> there are some really cool ones that I've never. tried tried like coca-cola kid by treasure yes yep no there i i have (laughs) on like old word like notepads and and shit like the you know compiled lists of everybody's like you need these game gear games no these ones are actually good (laughs) sort of games and yeah no it's uh yeah uh can't transition off of that so the only other thing (laughs) yeah uh so I finally picked up the River City Girls. Oh, hey. What? Uh, what one? Which one? The first. Oh, the okay. First one. <laughs> That's a good Dale soundtrack on that. Or yeah. at least Dale His contributions. contributions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just what? Just when you're standing in the arcade. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yep. I, I haven't yep. gone down. See, that's I. I have a hard time. Well, I was I was at least saving the soundtrack until after I played this mm-hmm. game. Uh, tangent, I didn't realize Austin Wintry did the Aliens Firestorm, Firestream uh, score. That's a very good score oh, for that yeah. game. Yeah, I was listening to that uh, earlier. But uh, yeah, River City Girls, I didn't realize it was, I don't know, like it's both very, very much River City and, and departed further than I kind of expected, mm-hmm. I guess, just in like the the way the fighting actually feels. Um, which I don't always love. I do have some, like, just like there's a little hit detection and there's a little bit of putting too many things on one button for me. Mm. I feel oh, like. Oh, yep. yeah. 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 Sometimes. So, uh, yep. Especially mm. like, like ground stomp, uh, mm-hmm. might work or cause ground stomp is like X, but X might also do forward X. It might do up X. Uh, mm-hmm. And I took my thumb off of the D-pad just as an experiment and was still kind of doing those things. So mm-hmm. it's a little more loosey-goosey. And I yeah. I kind of had to come to grips with like, okay, this is kind of like, this game's doing a little more vibes than, you know, like specific, okay, I'm going to run in, do these two hits, do this combo sort of thing. Um, and I could use a little more environmental bouncing things around. Uh, I guess, like River City E wise. Mm. However, it's also awesome. <laughs> like <the> sprites, <laughs> sprites look great, and like mm. I, I kind of almost wish it was its own thing. As as cool as it was to see a little Cunio pop in to give instructions like early on, um, but also, and also I don't like the writing that much so i'm kind of skipping those is yeah. is kind of the thing. it was a little more juvenile than i kind of expected out of that one so i'm mm. hoping that kind of eases a little bit but i like i like the characters and the character design and the yeah. story in my head like that carries a lot of weight like that feels good even when i'm i it was a little more grindy than i kind of expected honestly sometimes it is yeah yeah like it's you know, it, it's a beat-em-up, so, like, that's fine. But mm-hmm. uh, 
I just I don't want to hear anyone complain about Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if, I'm just like I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm running through the school to get money mm-hmm. right now, you know, sort of thing. So it's it wasn't like a home run, but I'm I'm very very happy uh, it exists kind of yeah. game. And Some uh, of those things get mitigated in the second one. Mm. Um, That's open. Yeah, well, it's like you know, there's more characters right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm the money because like each character gets their own money but when you beat a boss like everybody gets money so even the characters mm-hmm. you're not using it's like well yeah uh, you can go and buy a bunch of stuff for them the only problem is there isn't like a fast travel point right near the dojo which is just annoying when you have yeah. to like oh i want to run back with every character to unlock stuff so i, I oh can <laughs> yeah it's it's so annoying but also i th- i think like i <laughs> Even hearing you describe it, I, I think the difference is like I'm playing this game solo, like, and mm-hmm. I will be playing solo the whole way, like, and I think it's kind of clearly designed for two people. Yeah. I think like optimally, maybe maybe a little too much, but hey, only child, I'm gonna play this game. <laughs> I'll, I'll play. Uh, yeah, I I had to do a coin toss. I'm still not sure I chose correctly on that and Tony Hawk while they were both on half off sale, which Tony might still be, but yeah, I mean, I'll say like about Tony Hawk. It's like, I got that game and I was really excited and I started playing it. And after a while, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly, exactly how I remember it. Um, yeah, that's why I went with river sea. I'm just like, at least I, something I, I new. don't know. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah. Yeah. Which it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, I think that's a cool game to have a uh, portable, a Tony. I feel like yeah. I'll get oh, absolutely yeah. just like Tony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, I lost my thing. Them's all my games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I played that Final Fantasy Rhythm game some. My child's played a lot of it. Um, no, that demo was great. Yeah. That, was, that convinced me to pick that up eventually. Yeah. I, I talked about the main things I want to talk about this month, at least, for, for games. Mm-hmm. Um, I... <laughs> I did see Quantum Mania. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, Quantum Mania running wild. (laughs) Well, I like Jonathan Majors. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. No, he's going to be great in many Marvel movies over the course of the next five years. Uh, (laughs) Definitely, you know, the highlight uh, of that (laughs) one. It's, you know, I like the first two Ant Man movies, but this is completely departed from those because Mm. they're, you know. The, f- the first ones were like smaller scale, um, yeah. you know, on Earth, like there was madcap things happening, like playing with shrinking and growing. Yeah. Um, and this one, you know, they in, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they're in a CG Marvel world. Uh, and there is some cool design, weird stuff to look at. But overall, it's not as fun as the first two and just kind of like is in there. It's like, okay, yeah, Kang, like that's going to be the thing for the next several movies. Um, and he's good. So that's good. But you know, whatever. Um, I know it's, it's just, it's a bummer. <clears throat> like I, I want to be enthusiastic, but I mean, again, it, it is sort of like a uh, star Wars where I'm just really like, wow, it's weird that I can just skip this. Yeah. First <laughs> until it's like, once it's on streaming, I will watch it, of yeah. course, only for Kang, <laughs> for yeah. the most part. Well, like, it, it, was, <laughs> it was surprising because it did not work for me whatsoever. You the know? what? 
just everything looked like Spy Kids 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's, I guess it makes sense. So my kid has watched Spy Kids 3D a lot. Um, hey, it's a great movie. Yeah. Alone. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he loves the Spy Kids movies. And because well, after Wakanda Forever, he's like, Dad, I don't really like Marvel movies. I think they're boring. And then this, he saw the trailers where he's like, that looks interesting. I think I'd like to go see it. Uh <laughs> eloquent young man <laughs> yeah he, he thought it was he thought it was okay I, he just likes the experience of going to the theater and, and having a bunch of popcorn and snacks and oh, sure. stuff cool. things um that's not bothered yeah. by evangeline Lilly's controversial vaccine stance no 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 well he wasn't bothered by uh letitia wright's yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <clears throat> i was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of why I still haven't seen Wakanda forever. Yeah. Uh, there's the first five minutes. Yeah. No, there's, I, I as I said, I, I like all the grief. So everything that had to do with the family, I thought was worth the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard sell. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we ended up, uh, you know, I still got to watch plenty of things on Paramount, uh, specifically Star Trek things. But we ended up getting a Apple TV trial because they had one through. <laughs> so did we. <laughs> through Xbox Game Pass. And that's how I've now watched oh, all of oh. all of Ted Lasso. All uh, right. Yeah. That's a good show. That's a very good show. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very charming. Very. Mm-hmm. It's a joy to watch, really. It's, I guess. it's a show that's got no right to be as good as it is and yeah. to be about the thing yeah i mean it is i don't I, it feels like a conceit to describe it as tritely as like it, it's it's a show about emotional well-being in a you know it's subverting a overtly masculine sport um it's it's, it's a show about mental health and and being emotionally supportive and you know being a good person it, it, it almost feels tried to simplify it down that much but I don't know. That's kind of enough. And Jason yeah. Sudeikis really carries it. Like, yeah. he doesn't carry. I mean, not, not that's not to say it relies on him, but like mm-hmm. he is a surprisingly effective leading man in that regard yeah. as the emotional support system for dysfunctional male relationships. Yes, a lot of people having issues with their fathers uh, in that show. Uh, Last five years of, you know, so how was God of War? How was it? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Get, get Daddy the, core. Yeah, going, yeah, dad, dad core stuff. But yeah, no, it's it's great yeah. that, you know, we hammered that down. And then the third season is in a couple weeks. And yes, oh, trailer today, I believe, dropped. Yeah. And then, you know, then my subscription runs out. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they drop them in lump sums or weekly. Uh, it's weekly, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. gonna have to pay for a month of <laughs> Apple TV at the end to catch all the rest of Ted Lasso, the Sons well, no, of I, Bitches. I friends we, that do a podcast week to weeks. Yeah. I'm not trying to remember what it is we just wanted to watch, and oh, it was the terrible John Lasseter movie, um, Luck. Uh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, not we, good. we we yeah, we didn't know what it was when we uh-huh. decided, oh, let's this is a fun kids movie and our Roku is offering us 3 free months of Apple TV, so let's give it a try. And oof, yikes. 
Like it's rare that I see a kids movie that I'm like, this is just bad. It's just and also shit. now that I oh oh this is John Lasseter's big return. Oh now I feel icky about it too. So well you should because it's John Lasseter. <laughs> He'll pull you in close to make you feel ickier. <laughs> yeah, I feel ick. I my my thing with John Lasseter is he's uh, producing Brad Bird's new movie, which I'm <sighs> thrilled for. But boy, I wish he wasn't working with Lasseter. Uh, like, that's a bummer. Like he's, he's doing a movie called Ray Gun that he's been wanting to do forever. Yeah. And it sounds it'll be the best. It'll suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, remember what? Well, it's weird because kids movies used to have a separation, but now they they need a certain degree of quality because you're when you're watching with, you know, like. Kids movies used to suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you used to just be like, oh, it's a kid's movie. It sucks. But you could dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could dismiss it. It has to be made for all audiences at this point. It's, yeah. it's a little harder. Yeah. But it also wasn't like cranked out. Uh, I, guess, I guess my crank. weird transition. <laughs> crank? Uh, yeah, crank for iPad kids. iPad uh, So like – Movies whose trailers are terrible. I thought these movies would be terrible, but are actually pretty good. Them Hotel Transylvanias. Oh, no shit. Uh, not, I haven't watched the Netflix one, but okay. uh, especially the third one, which I just watched, but it's Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah. And like, he does come through like very, very strong. Second one I didn't love. And I think like, from what I heard, a lot of that was like, Sandler was trying to have a much bigger role in like the writing uh, side of things. The third one is just Gendy going nuts with animation. I, I couldn't even like tell you like the story is just silliness. But the the first one has like a surprisingly charming core between a father daughter relationship. Um, and it's it's kind of the same thing with watching how Brad Bird really wants to do 2D animation in a 3D space. Like, Gendy does the exact same thing. Like, these movies are surprisingly sophisticated on an animation level that you wouldn't really know. Like, he's doing, like, squash and stretch stuff that, like, you don't need to do. Like, he he made programs that other people use at this point, much mm-hmm. like Brad Bird, you know? So it's... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, this I'm 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 curious to. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I should give these movies a second chance then, because I did not care for the first one, um, and I was really looking for like you know, yeah. for 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 the Tartakovsky flavor, it's, and I wasn't really no. getting enough of it. Um, I say skip to three because three is the most like Gendy, and also okay. what I like about three is. There is a puppy. There is a pug puppy. Not normal size. Very big. Like <laughs> four feet tall. Uh, still a pug puppy. And they put it in a trench coat. So <laughs> it is. Well, that's just irresistible then. All right. Yeah, I, mean. I mean, there's like so much to look at. There's a bunch of rave stuff that like, and you know, I just went through all of Samurai Jack and just sort of like, yeah, of course there's a rave scene. <laughs> uh, there's there's some stuff there's some terrible jokes in there it is still a kids movie like you you kind of have to give yourself over 
to it being a young demo. But. Okay. Here, I remember now what I really didn't like about the movie is that, uh, and I mean, yeah. he is of this generation, so maybe I can't blame him, but it is so much of the jokes hinge upon f- an inherent familiarity with universal style monster movie tropes. And I feel like that to me feels like a sort of a boomer presumption. Um, like my I mean, kids don't know that vampires say blah blah blah. My my kids don't know that vampires talk like Bella Lugosi. That is a stereotype that like our parents sort of th- thrust upon us, I think. Uh, and my kids are just so far removed from that that they have no context, and it just kind of doesn't make sense. Um, so it didn't make internal con like the the movie itself didn't give them the context. No, because like. I, to- I feel yeah. like the, 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 the I, I felt like a lot of the humor hinged upon it, and and, and again, this was a long time ago uh, <laughs> yeah, since I've no. seen it, so I'm 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 willing to give it a rewatch. But uh, but but that I remember that bugged me at the time that there were like very specific cues from mm-hmm. things that just like this feels like such a holdover from like three generations ago, and can we please just spare our children? you know, subjecting them to these specific cultural references from literally almost a hundred years ago now. See, to me, well, like, weirdly, I felt not, not referentially, like, I guess, well, one, to me, like, the stuff that works is, like, the physical comedy. Like, okay. it, it's, the set dressing is the monster stuff, like, almost because universally we know what these things are. Like, they're serial, it's been a hundred years. Like, I'm going to assume, like, how kids know zombies, kids know drag mummy, you know, like I went into Castlevania knowing what those things were. Like when I was eight, I didn't, you know? Yeah. And, uh, also, you know, I, I, I think a lot about like, we don't have those, those mediums like Muppet babies or tiny tunes that were making jokes that were 20 years before us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we kind of went like, hey, dad, what the hell is that? Or find out when you're in your 20s that Bugs Bunny was doing that impression. Right, or right. whatever, whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's and that's why I was wary to go into these movies until like mm. a, a couple other people were just sort of like, no, give give them a shot on like the animation, you know, like this, this kind of like shot. And like also, you know, it's not like I've given a shit about Sandler in the last you know aside from like I like to stand up special yeah. whatever and he, he knows how to uh, go film in a beautiful location for a week and make <laughs> lots of money bless it you know I like, like Uncut it, Gems it, oh Uncut Gems yeah when he does when he does the serious stuff yeah. it's great um, sort of thing so it's it's not like he was on my radar performance wise sure. but like as and when he's bringing his friends along, like there's there's jokes in those movies that shouldn't work, but still kind of do like the blah, blah, blah is is still a runner for three movies. And like it's it's still funny that he's not it's well, because it's it's they here's the thing. It's not used as like, oh, you need to know that vampires, blah, blah, blah. It's used as a racial slur. Like that's what that joke is. They're, they're making him do a racial stereotype. He doesn't want to do it. That's the gag. You know, it's dressed up 
as a vampire sort of thing. It's there's stuff that works. <laughs> I I think they're they're worth worth watching. I I say skip to three at this point. All right, mm. and I, I think Gendy's out of. Uh, yeah, he's no longer with. Uh, he didn't do the latest, which is. But he also has, you know, uh, like two shows and like I think he's got like two things in the works right now. So oh. nice to see him go. Sandler yeah. also did not do the latest one. Mm. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Like I know the the, the TV series is, is supposedly abysmal. Like I did not go anywhere near that as these things go. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I There's actually a live show in Dubai featuring people in costumes uh, with a particular voice actor subbing, uh, uh, filling in for uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin James. And I'm a little ashamed to say Keegan-Michael Key, which I don't do that <laughs> anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, it was a package deal. They offered me three characters. I had to take them all or, or, or take nothing. Otherwise, I would never do a character of color, obviously. <laughs> I forget that was him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in Dubai. It's, no one's ever going to see it here. <laughs> they have bigger problems. They have bigger problems. <laughs> you can have bigger problems what's happening in Dubai. <laughs> uh, I don't really have too much on movies, but uh, I guess it's a little old internet wise, but still new to me. Did either of you guys uh, follow any of the Dick Tracy stuff with Warren Beatty? I uh, have so familiar about it, but I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> It was so fucking funny. So like the, <laughs> so the thing is he, you know, Warren Beatty was Dick Tracy in 1990s Dick Tracy. Uh, Warren Beatty has the rights to Dick Tracy and every, uh, I believe seven to 15 years needs to do a new project to retain the rights to Dick Tracy. Uh, That's why other people have done these sorts of things. However, so he he had one. The thing is, like, he doesn't announce it. Like, like this one got way more attention. Oh yeah, and you and don't need to market made, a like, thing to hold on to your licensing rights. Yeah, no, it has. Like he did. So this is the second special that he's done on TCM, <laughs> Turner Classic Movies. Uh, the the one before this one, nobody saw except like someone dug up and then the Internet found it. And that one is also funny. This one is funnier. The 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 man is 85. Uh, it's a zoom. He's holding special. on to it. <laughs> He's holding on to it. It is a zoom special with Leonard Malton. And I forget the other host from TCM. Uh, very good host who are watching on a screen talking to Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy who is going through the 1990 movie Dick Tracy, talking about how much he likes the older portrayals of Dick Tracy, <laughs> telling you things that he does and does not like about this movie. And then Warren Beatty calls in <laughs> so that Warren Beatty and Dick Tracy could talk to each other while Leonard Moulton and the other guy just watch them in the frame. <laughs> so you've got like these four talking heads Two of which are doing nothing. <laughs> Two of which are the same 85-year-old man <laughs> on Turner Classic Movies on the middle of the night that was just showed up that night. Uh, it's 
it's Adult Swim stuff. Like <laughs> it, shit. It, it, it's <laughs> some so, avant-garde performance art. It really is. It, it's like, and it feels. I don't. I don't think he fully understands how funny it is, but it does feel like he at least understands the bit a little bit. Like, <laughs> like the, the TCM hosts obviously know this is funny and weird, and are just like, "Sure, we'll do your dumb thing." Yeah. And like, nobody's fighting for Dick Tracy. Like, I, I, like my thought was like, yeah, it would be fun to have a, a weird smartwatch game now that we live in the future that we have actual Dick Tracy watches, you know, make like a weird little VMU game, but I'm having way more fun seeing him. <laughs> Just, I can't wait until he's a hundred years old and does <laughs> another one of these. I don't know what he'll do with it. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's, we can all look forward to that. Yep. It's just weird. <laughs> well, that is wonderfully bizarre. Uh, yeah, now yeah. I understand all the perplexed internet chatter about that. Yeah. And as <sighs> I said, it just showed up. So it was like this gift that night. <laughs> it's just like, oh, he's back. Yeah, that was that was seeing that float around mm-hmm. very suddenly was like, what is going on? <laughs> Because it's, again, an infamous bomb of a movie. Obviously, Mm -hmm. a huge franchise 80 years ago, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, kind of ruined some careers, that movie. That is a very fun movie with (laughs) a bunch of Sondheim music. I forgot Al Pacino was in it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Rewatch it. You will not forget (laughs) Yeah, that uh, that movie is my kids is, that movie. Yeah, I enjoy. Uh, it's you. You have to enjoy the the spectacle. Like it, mm-hmm. it's all like it's it's beautiful. It, the makeup is hideous and huge. Yes. That's that's what I remember is the makeup on <laughs> yeah. everybody. It just like oh make yeah, these grotesque human like characters. Make them grotesque and eating oysters and clams and just kind of reveling in it. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, cool. Yeah, we could just. I got not much. Yeah, I got I got nothing else, and it's late because we started late. late. Yeah, we started late. Yeah. Just start late, but yeah. yeah. Well, gang, um, this has been great. Well, been fun. Thanks for joining us for the shortest month of the year. So this is mm-hmm. this was the shortest amount of time that you'll ever have to wait for a podcast. But don't hold me to that. Because things happen. Yeah. Things right. come up. I was mm-hmm. Power lines go down. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> tree, tree limbs destroy things. I was thinking live. about like going out and clearing snow um, after this. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. My, um, I don't want to say laziness in clearing ice. Uh, clearing ice is a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's yeah. Ice. So, yeah. I, yeah. Like, you know, I, I cleared it enough such that my gate would open such that, you know, no one would die going up the sidewalk and the stairs, but pretty much left the driveway alone. And which was fine, because once there was a bunch of, you know, the ice that fell off the cars, like made some texture on the ground. So, <laughs> yeah. well, no, it wasn't slippery and it wasn't like, you know, I can drive over it. It's fine. But now that it's like, oh, now there's snow on it. Yeah. Now I have to like, that's not going to. No. It's, a, it's a situation out there. I don't know it's, what I'm going to do about yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty gross out there. I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll have a snow day or a one-hour delay tomorrow or something. I don't know if I'm no. lucky. 
No. No, don't think so. All right. No. All right, better no. get out there then. Yeah. Go shovel at ten thirty at night. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> run run my snowblower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not loud because it's electric. Oh. All right. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. All right. But yeah, thank you for uh yeah. tuning in. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll be yeah. back next month, maybe somewhere towards the end of March. Uh, with more triple radio. Yeah. We'll do it. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Okay. Thank you so much.